Turn with me, if you will, to John 20, 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But but he said to them, Unless I see the marks of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the marks of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written, so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in His name. May God add a blessing to this reading of the text and cause it to be the inspired word for us today. So often we uh, kind of approach... Easter through Lent, we, we come up to Lent and then we hit Easter and then it's, you know, it's over, right? In fact, you can tell by attendance that uh, <laughs> folks are kind of like, okay, glad we got that done with. But actually, Easter continues for several weeks between uh, now leading up to Pentecost when uh, the book of Acts records uh, the early church receives the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, there's a lot that happens between uh, Easter and Pentecost, and so I, I guess I, what I'm saying is, stay tuned because there's a lot there's a lot Easter left to do here, and uh, we're still celebrating the risen Christ. Amen. Uh, and this this morning we we meet Jesus, we meet the disciples first of all, all holed up in the upper room behind a locked door, shivering in fear, a lot of hushed voices, people looking through the curtains to see what's going on out there, Uh, a lot of trepidation, probably a lot of long silences when everyone's wondering what's going to happen next. And what are they fearing? They are afraid that what happened to Jesus may happen to them. They were followers. They walked around. They were in the temple when Jesus knocked over the tables. They were there when He got arrested and they watched Him hang on a cross and die. And even though there are all these stories about an empty tomb and all of that, maybe they're afraid someone will think they took the body. But at any rate, they don't know what's going on and they're scared. They're scared that what happened to Jesus will happen to them. 
And so they've locked themselves away. And out of nowhere, door's still locked. Here comes Jesus. And immediately, Jesus addresses their fear. My peace I give you. Peace be with you. Uh, a peace that says, now wait a minute. I know you're scared, but behold, uh, the world did not win. Every attempt to keep God's love tamped down uh, has failed. Here I am. Though God's yes to the world's no is standing right before you. The powers and the principalities did not get the last word. I'm right here. And so have a little peace with you even now. Don't be afraid because things are not like you expect them to be right now. And so he offers them uh, an out to their fear and suggests that things are not going to go the way they were afraid they were. In fact, uh, completely different. And in fact, he comes with this message. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. This is the day when the disciples went from being disciples to apostles. The word apostles means those who were sent. And indeed, here Jesus is sending them. And He's saying, unlock this door and get out there. It's time to get moving outside of this room because we have good news to share. We have a kingdom of God to declare. And we have things to get accomplished. And so I'm sending you, as God sent me to do things in this earth, I'm leaving. I'm leaving you to do it. And I'm sending you out there. One a uh, gospel writer said, I'm sending you as sheep among wolves. <laughs> so, you know, maybe they're afraid again. <laughs> Who knows? But at any rate, Jesus says, I'm here to send you. But I'm not going to send you unequipped. Receive the Holy Spirit. This is a little, this is John's version of Pentecost, right? A lot, a lot less noisy than the one in Acts. Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit into them receive my holy spirit he says to them and he breathes himself into them so if they were afraid at that moment perhaps now they felt indeed the peace of god's presence through christ who is basically saying as he did in the great commission i am with you even to the end of the age and i will give you everything you need to accomplish the things that God wants you to do. And then he says, I think this is a clever thing, he says, look, I want you to go out and I want you to forgive sins. When you forgive the sins, they will be forgiven. And if you neglect to forgive sins, they won't be forgiven. In other words, Jesus is giving them the same responsibilities that He had here. One of the most remarkable aspects of Jesus' ministry is that he, he, he lifted up the lowly and brought down those who were high up. He, he comforted the afflicted and afflicted the comfortable uh, and brought them down. He forgave the sins of those whom society said didn't deserve God's love, didn't deserve to be forgiven, didn't deserve to be in the family of God, those who were shoved out to the outside, to the sidelines. He forgave their sins and welcomed them in. 
And then he said to those who were already in, woe to you. I think your sins need to have another look-see. Right? I think your sins need to be acknowledged. I think you need to repent. Stop looking at these people and saying repent. Take the plank out of your own eye before you take the speck out of theirs. Right? Remember those things that Jesus said? And he says to the apostles, he says to the disciples, he says to his twelve there and those gathered, he says, I'm giving you that responsibility. Don't sit here in this locked room. Get out there. Lift up those who have been trampled down and be prophetic to those who need to hear the Word of God anew. Those who are in power. Those who hold it over the heads of others. Make sure you're calling them on their stuff. That's what I'm hearing in this text. Now, of course, Thomas slept in, I guess. Didn't make the meeting. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but they go to tell Thomas about this. And Thomas is like, I, I, you guys, I've been hearing so many stories and, and you know, you guys are always joshing me and I don't, I don't appreciate it. <laughs> For whatever reason, he's doubtful. He's skeptical. He's, he doesn't want to... Uh, he wants this out, I think. This is, this is nice. How convenient. Oh, you know what? If I don't see it, I'm not, I'm not getting involved. I'm just going to... Well, how convenient is that? How convenient? That's like... That's like testing out prayer by praying for uh, a mustang a green uh mustang uh, a, a, a five liter you know one of those cobra editions would be nice in case you know anyone's taking notes <laughs> that's like praying for a mustang and then when you don't get it going see prayer doesn't work told you i'm done right that's silly thomas is kind of like that well, unless I see things, I, I'm pretty well done. I, I'm just going to sit over here. I'm going to lock myself back in this room. And uh, we're, we're going to go from that point. Well, and, and there they are again. Still locked in a room. And here comes Jesus. Thomas, what's the matter with you? And as I read it, I look at it. He says, he says look, at my, look at my hands, look at my side. And it looks to me like he doesn't even do... He, he says, unless I touch his, his wounds, I don't, I'm not going to believe. But it looks to me in the text that he doesn't even bother doing that. He's so, you know, he's so bumfuzzled by Jesus being right there that he just drops to his knees and declares, my Lord and my God. Right? He doesn't even bother. He forgets. He wants to poke his finger in it all. And just declares, my Lord and my God. The one who whom I follow, and the one whom I worship, my Lord and my God. This is a great story for us today. It's a great story for us, uh, especially as we, as we worship in this, in this wonderful, beautiful building, and we get the opportunity to come together in this room and be here together to block out the din and the noise of the outside world and to spend just a few moments receiving as Jesus would have us the peace of Christ. Amen? It's a beautiful thing, it's a beautiful thing and a gift that we get from God, but it can't stop there. It can't stop there. We are called. We are sent indeed uh, as those who have received, as those who have 
not seen and yet still believe. You know, Jesus was Jesus laughed at Thomas and said, really, you believe now that you've seen me standing here? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You know who that is? That's you and me. Amen. That's you and me. Jesus is talking right to us right there. Blessed are you who have not seen and yet believe. Believe what? Believe that we have been called and sent to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world we live in today. Amen? It can't stop here in this room. We can't lock the doors. We can't keep the world out and just hold up to ourselves. We can't hold on to this resurrection story. We, like the apostles, were called and sent out into the world to lift up the lowly and to call those in power on their stuff. We're called to get out there. And you know, uh, even as I'm saying this, I recognize that, that we have a picture in our mind of what that looks like. But the, the problem is, you know, when I say we go out, I'm scared to death that some of you are actually going to go out there and do things that's going to really hurt the church, right? Sometimes we do this. We, as the people of God, over our, we have a long history of not doing it right. Right? Sometimes we have, we're so filled with arrogance and we're so filled with, with what we know to be true that we have a lot of talking to do and very little listening. And we go out thinking that what we need to do is, is grind people down until they look and act and think and feel just like we do. And that's not what we're called to do, especially in the world we live in today. We miss that boat already, right? We, we have a lot of ground to make up. And I observe in this, in this text, Thomas was in a certain place. He was in a place where he needed something else, something more. And Jesus gave it to him. Jesus came and satisfied those things that were bothering him, whatever those were, and he dealt with it. I think we live in a world where the church, when, it, when we go out, we've got to deal with the ages of things that we've done wrong. Not, not you, right? I'm not talking about us, but I'm talking about our brothers and sisters who have gone before who have condemned, who have put down, who have done the work of God with such arrogance, who have seen the calling to be one of exclusion, not inclusion. And so what does it mean for us to be sent? I think it means that we, we go out there acknowledging that folks are not going to come here. You know, If you want to know why I'm you know, we're at the Ninth and Ninth Street Festival, why I go walk around Pride Festival, why we're advertising in the City Weekly, why I hang out at the coffee shop. It's because that's where real people are. <laughs> and I go, I want to be there because uh, I've been sent, as we all have been sent out into that world to be the hands and feet of Christ. And what are we, what are we going to do when we get there? I got to tell you this. We've done our talking. This is going to be a hard one. We've done our talking. 
It's time to listen. What a gift. What a gift it would be to the world if one of our spiritual disciplines, if the way we approached evangelism, if the way we said, here is the good news, and then we said, let me listen to what you have to say. Talk to me about your experiences. Talk to me about who God is to you. Talk to me about what your life is about and what it's looking for and and what is missing. Talk to me about the the hurts and the wounds that you have from from a, a, a faith that didn't really live up to that which Jesus declared faith to be. What a gift it would be if we as the followers of Christ made it a spiritual discipline to be good listeners. And you know, it comes down to this. It comes down to building a new relationship. We have to build a new relationship with the world we live in. Our relationship has been severed. Now some people see that as, as signs that we're doing everything right, right? Like, that, that people are rejecting church and faith in Christ and all of those things is a sign that we must be on the right track right i i i get that i get i get why that's appealing it it makes us in when they're out right it it helps us to be insiders and it helps it helps us see other people as outsiders right if someone doesn't want to capitulate to what we see the bible saying then they're just outsiders and that's fine with us but i think god is calling us to something more god is calling us to build a new relationship with the world. We're really in a mission field here. A relationship that's built on trust. That's built on, uh, again, our capacity to listen and be humble and to live out our faith in Christ in a way that is invitational, not exclusive. And that acknowledges the humanity of others and the faith experiences of others. We have a calling, and it's a difficult one. Thank God Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit to guide our steps and to give us the things we need and equip us. But the calling is clear. Get, unlock the door and get out in that world because it is time for us to redeem the church. And blessed are those of us who have come to believe. And blessed are those who believe even without seeing. Amen? Let us pray. Loving and gracious God, we, we hear this story of doubting Thomas and uh, we see ourselves in here uh, as those who were sent. And in a lot of ways, You call us to minister to the Thomases around us. To those who have, for whatever reason, not been able to cross the hurdle. Have not been able to see Your light. Not been able to see the love that emanates from who You are. Have not been able to see the risen Christ in the church. May we redeem the church, that the world might come to know You, believe in You, and experience new life. In the name of Christ we pray.
Amen.